0: And what up Wolves? It is Don Chenz. I have a, my entourage, a little entourage with me. I have Josh, I have Samuel, I have Tyler. You can't hear them or see them, but I see them. And I am here with UFC fighter, Mike Trezano, who is also known as the Lone Wolf. How's it going? It's going great, man. How you doing? Never better. First question. Can you please not C and me for having a company called Lone Fitness?
1: Yeah, you're, you're good. You, you got
0: me? We're good? Yeah, we are good? good. All right, I was worried about that. <laughs> All right, so we're good. We can be business partners, though. Hey, maybe. Maybe this will be the start of it. Everything happens <laughs> like, for a reason. He's like, nah. <laughs> he's like, Hell no. <laughs> All right. Um, so first, random question. I was watching a past interview of you, and you said you have thir- 130 plus cousins. I don't believe that. I think you're lying. I'm I'm not.
1: <laughs> not lying 130 so in the in in an interview it was kind of just like spur of the moment i have a lot of cousins but they're not all cousins but there is over now, well now cuz that side of the family is breeding like rabbits <laughs> but uh there's like over 140 i believe on one side of my family
0: on, it's only on one side? one side
1: one side so that's so if i say like 130 cousins probably with both sides of my family combined
0: that's ridiculous wait 130 plus on one side and then how many on the other side like 10
1: like they're normal nah, <laughs> but maybe like a little bit less than half on the other side that's crazy yeah wow um, so I wasn't exaggerating. I'm not going <laughs> like, to make you name them. I saw
0: Bisping was trying to get you to name them, and he was like, yeah, just say random names. Oh like, my which, g- which is, yeah, you should just say random It was one of names. those
1: things, like when someone puts you on the spot, you are like, all right, ready, go. I immediately had zero family members. <laughs> I, I just blanked. It's like so Timmy, I,
0: Timmy, Tommy, John, like you just say random names. But ready, I
1: did go. say, I said like the same name like five times because I do have like five people with the same name. John, John, <laughs> so, John, John, Yeah, John. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Um, the... From the start, how did you start fighting? What made you want to jump into the
1: MMA world? Well, when I first started, I didn't really follow MMA to the extent I do now. Um, It was, in my mind, fighting was more of like boxing. That's what I, I thought of. I always wanted to do it because when I saw Rocky when I was a kid, you know, I just loved it. I always told my dad, like, I'm going to fight at, at Madison Square Garden, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, Okay you know and as like a a young kid but then I finally one of my one of my buddies that I grew up with he was well his mom was training at Tiger Showman's just to get in shape so he's like oh I my mom trains at this really good gym they have a, a really good fight team like you should go check it out so we went and took like a beginner class there and just I I was like dead tired in like two minutes like I just tried I I tried to be tough and Go as hard as i could and i died out and immediately i was hooked so i started just doing kickboxing and then uh eventually jujitsu and you know we do at tiger showman's we do everything under one roof so you know i didn't really have to go to other places to do other styles and uh eventually they got me into doing competitions you know we do a, a in-house tournament twice a year and uh it's called the challenge of champions and how many times have it- you won I won a bunch of times and I lost a bunch of times, you know, all the losses though, helped me, you know, improve and get better. And, um, yeah, I started doing those competitions and I started doing kickboxing, uh, matches and eventually got into, uh, MMA after doing a ton of jujitsu matches too. I was constantly competing all the time, like almost every weekend, just getting after it. I, my coaches would be like, oh, there's a jujitsu tournament here. I'd be like, okay, I'm there. You know, I, I would just go. You know, win or lose, I was just trying to get as much experience as possible. And then that's when I eventually jumped in MMA and rest is history.
0: So you mentioned Tiger Shulman. So you, we're in a Tiger Shulman's right now. You still yep. train out of a Tiger Shulman's? Yep. I so,
1: teach here in Paramus. And,
0: now, I don't know anything about mixed martial arts, but I feel like that's not very common, probably. No. I feel, I feel like because I think of Tiger Shulman's is like the karate commercials with the kids growing up. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> back in the day, it was karate, you know, but times change. You know, no one wants to come in and break a board. Uh, you know, it's not practical. So, you know, we evolved and we became a mixed martial arts school. We teach everything under one roof and we teach practical self-defense, you know, stuff that's actually going to work on the street if someone tries to attack you. So, you know, it, we kind of built off of that. And uh, you know, I I don't do anything else, man. I, I think it's rare to be able to train full-time and teach full-time in the same thing, you know, not a lot of people have that a lot of people will train and then they got to go do a separate job and, you know, make money on the side while they're training or be able to pay for their training camps. You know, like this is all I do. I train every day, every morning and I come and teach and I teach and I jump in and train with the students. And so I'm, I'm working out all day. Do you think it
0: matters like the gym you train out of? Like, cause I feel like fighters often like flock to the same, like few gyms and like some get like put on a pedestal above others I think
1: it matters but the thing so yeah some people will flock to certain gyms because they get recognition from guys that have made it to a high level but a lot of those gyms didn't train them from the start and that's a big difference a lot of these guys these different gyms you know some guys will just start going there and then Other guys will go to train with them. So they already have experience. They're already pros in the UFC, and then they change gyms. So these bigger gyms will have all these big names, but they didn't bring them up from scratch. They kind of learned at other places and left those places to go train at a higher level with other high-level guys. Tiger Shulman's, you know, I was brought from scratch. We have myself and another six Guys that all have been in the UFC, and we all were brought up from the beginning, knowing nothing, and we stayed with the same gym the whole way. And I don't think a lot of gyms can actually say they brought someone from the bottom to the top without a change.
0: Yeah, I guess a lot of people do change teams. I would say the only other person... And I might be wrong. I th- Does Jimmy Rivera, he's from a... Yeah, He still trains. He's, I he's, train he's with from him a Tiger Showman. Right? It's the only other person I know off the top yeah, of my head he is a Tiger tra- he trains...
1: Guy. I train with him every day. Yeah. He oh. owns, he owns uh, the Tiger Showmans in uh, the city, in Gramercy. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I just think... Like, because, like, yeah, for me, it's like... I just remember those commercials as a kid. And I'm always like... Yeah. I couldn't imagine... And yeah, like you just picture the breaking boards and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I like, you know, so that's always yeah, what I think but, of it.
1: But the biggest thing is like we're, our main clientele is not not yeah. fighters, you know? We're we're training the everyday person. You want to come in and like just get in shape or learn how to protect yourself, build your confidence. You know, if, for kids, you know, they're getting bullied. They want to be able to stand up for themselves and not get picked on. You know, those are the people that, that need this stuff. It's like less than 1% of the people that come in Want to fight? Like I'm right. less than one percent. You know, we're crazy. You have to be crazy to get in there into a cage and want to beat someone's head in. Yeah. You know, what
0: well, <laughs> what made you want to start competing? And like when you had your first actual fight, what was that like? Like going into your first fight, like how much? You, I feel like I'd be shitting myself the whole time.
1: Oh, I was so nervous, but it was unreal. Like I, I'm just a a competitor. By nature, I've played sports my whole life. I love competition. I like being challenged you know i i've done in high school i I did a couple boot camps because i had a i had a buddy who's a cop in in Ramsey now and he wanted to he wanted to become a cop at the time and he was always doing boot camps and I just kind of tagged along with him and uh I just i i like the the challenge yeah you know, I feel I like', like what's, pushing myself
0: what's good with the competition aspect too is your um like it's by yourself you know it's like very much like everything's on you you don't have like a team to rely on and it's uh like much more rewarding but also a lot scarier I guess oh yeah
1: I mean there there's no better adrenaline rush than that walk to the cage and even in the back while you're warming up and you're getting ready and you hear you hear the the stadium going crazy it's like it's not it, like you it's hard to explain like it's one of those things that you just have to experience it to actually understand like how insane it is <laughs> yeah
0: when was the first time you fought in front of like a big crowd
1: so the first time i fought in front of a big crowd was probably my first kickboxing fight which still like i'd consider that a big crowd for only having like two fights under my belt it was like it was in the city and it was underneath like it was in the basement of a church but there was a huge crowd. The, the, the church allows people to beat the shit out of yeah, each other? Yeah, <laughs> So, but uh, I mean, that was like probably the biggest crowd I had fought in at the time. Like my first couple fights were boxing fights in just like a small gym. Yeah. So like this one had like, a, I'd say like a couple hundred people, which was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah, probably it, freaked you out at the time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was nerve wracking and it was, fir- my, it was my first kickboxing fight and I fought with no gear on. So I just had boxing gloves. So it was like, just sh- no no shin guards, no headgear, just mouthpiece and gloves, and that was my first ever kickboxing fight. Usually, like a couple fights in, you're wearing right. full gear, and then you as you get more experience, you you get out of that. But nah, I just went right into it, and was nervous, but felt good. How do you condition your body
0: to get used to just getting the shit beat out of you all the time? Like, do you just beat yourself up or did, do you just have to, <laughs> like, do you, you just don't get, sit there
1: and, like, whack you, your shins by yourself? I don't think you get used to getting the shit kicked out of you, but, <laughs> like, you get you get comfortable in a sense with getting hit and it not bothering you, if that makes any sense. Kind of like, like when you get the wind knocked out of you the first time. First time it happens, it's you're, like, terrified. You don't know what, what the hell's going on. You can't breathe, but then it goes away after a couple minutes. And the second time it happens, you're not going to panic as much because you already had it happen to you, you know, it's going to happen. So it's kind of like the same sense where the more you, you train, the and more you up. have punch. Exactly. The more <laughs> you have punches and kicks coming at you, you get more comfortable with it, you know? But I mean, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, over 10 years. I, I don't want to get punched in the face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, not-
0: what, that's what, that's like, I always think about it my perspective. Oh yeah, I want it. Like I was like, Oh, it'd be cool if I did jujitsu or this or that or Muay Thai or something. And I know it sounds cool until I got hit in the face. And the first time I get hit in the face, I'm out like me personally. So I always think, and you said like people who fight are crazy. So I feel like you have to be kind of crazy to get hit and be like, I want to do that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're cut from a different cloth for sure. (laughs) Were
0: you a wrestler? No, I didn't wrestle. Uh, I feel like wrestlers are crazy. Like Tyler was a wrestler and he's psycho. So
1: well, I You mean, might not it, like that it, I said that on, on, <laughs> on the podcast. But. It comes with that sport that you got to be tough. You got to throw some dude around. You got to try and hold him down on the ground. You know, you got yeah. to gotta have that mentality. Yeah, I'm way too soft for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I try to be the fitness guy, but
1: it's all for show. I'm not actually
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you did the Ultimate Fighter and you won the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. So how did you get... One, how did you get onto the show? And then two... What was that experience like? And how much testosterone was in that house at all times? Because for people that don't know, they put all of you guys in a house together, right?
1: Yeah, Oh uh, yeah, we're locked away. No phones, no TV, nothing, no communication with the outside world for, it was six weeks. The only time it was ever longer was when they did that one season, which was a live season. And that was, I think 12 or 15 weeks away, which is insane because every, every week was live. So yeah. it, it just took longer. Ours, we just filmed everything, yeah, within out, the yeah. six weeks. So, but uh, it came right after I did a fight for Bellator. I fought Bellator, and which was in November of two thousand seventeen. And how did you get into Bellator though? Like, how does that so work? they they came to uh, where was it? Um, oh, it was in uh, Pennsylvania. It was at Penn State. So they did it at the stadium in Penn State and uh the matchmaker so usually when like big events like that go to regional areas they'll ask the regional matchmakers to like find some guys to fill up the undercards okay so one of the i had fought in pennsylvania before that so one of the the matchmakers hit up my coach and was like oh does mike want to fight on the undercard in bellator and i'm course i'm gonna fight on the yeah other card. So, i'm yes. not gonna like say no to that you know so that was the first like big big that stage. was 17 you said right 2017 yeah. yeah so i fought bellator i won then i fought another time um actually no i didn't fight after that so after bellator a couple weeks went by and they had offered me multi-fight deal or they told my coach like they're interested in in like doing something long term. And I was kind of on the edge. I was because I was still like only had like six pro fights. So I was like, why am I going to set up a long term deal? I'm still young. Like let me just right, you go one fight at a time. More, yeah. You know? So um a couple weeks went by. I was thinking about it. And then they they released a flyer for the try open tryouts for the ultimate fighter. And they were looking for guys that were undefeated. So I was like, I mean, I got nothing to lose. Why don't I just go for it? So Me and my coach, we flew out and uh, tried out. The tryouts are interesting. It was like thousands of guys there just on like on like a big ballroom area. And uh, you had to um, hit pads in front of like Sean Shelby and like a bunch of other guys for like two minutes. That was it. So you just did one session of pads. (laughs) If
0: you figure anything out from that. So one session of
1: pads for two minutes. And before that, you had to do a two-minute match in jujitsu. Now, you can't establish anything <laughs> in two minutes. So it was like, as soon as they say go, like it was just <laughs> attack you and like just mayhem for two minutes, and uh, and that was it. And then, so after the jujitsu, so the jujitsu was first. You did that for two minutes, and then once everybody went with each other and everybody had gone, they. Just called out a bunch of names and whoever they called stayed, and the rest had to leave. That was it. They're cut. Like on the spot. Cut on the spot. Like you don't get to the next round, which was hit the pads. So once they called out the names, we went and we hit pads in front of them for two minutes. So, I mean, my coach was calling out just like trying to be fancy and just throw out stuff. It made and it like, seem like you, yeah. You know, check. they're just trying to show off or something. Like you don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. So, um, and then after that, <laughs> They called out a bunch of names, everyone else cut, boom, that's it, see you later. Then the next and last stage was an interview, because they wanted to see how you could how you could talk in front of a camera and things like that, so once you had an interview and they would just ask you questions, they were just like, all right, we'll let you know. So we went outside and <clears throat> we waited, we waited, and they came back out after talking for a few minutes and they were, they called out a bunch of names and it was... Uh, I think like 32 people ended up staying, making the last cut, and then the rest had to leave. So there was like, there was a lot of people, let's just say a thousand, 32 were left. And then we stayed the rest of the week. And they made us do like medicals the rest of the week. So MRIs, you know, on our brains, you know, blood work, the whole nine yards to make sure that we were healthy enough to even do the show.
0: Right. Because that's a lot of you have to do a lot of fights in six weeks. Like that's not
1: so. Yeah, it was only so this season we didn't fight to get into the house. It was just they they just brought the guys into the house and I had two fights in the house. So so no, sometimes like some seasons, everybody just got into the house. Some season you had to have a fight in order to get into the house. So our season, I guess – I mean, I was expecting to fight. So when like – after after um, we left after that week, after the week of medicals, they were like, all right, see you later. We'll let you know. So we had no idea. So I I went back and just acted like I made it and did a full training camp. And they were like, we'll probably let you know by like January. And, and when was it when it was done? Um, So I found out in the beginning of January that I made it and then – I flew out late January. We started and we filmed all the way up until the beginning of March. And then uh, then after that, you know, went home and I wasn't allowed to say a word to anybody. You know, I had to... For how long? Up until the finale in July. So you,
0: so you won and you couldn't tell people?
1: Yeah, I, I made it to the finale and I couldn't tell anybody. You know, I, I, I told like my coaches... Because I had to, you know, be like, look, get, we got yeah. a training camp to train for. I got yeah. to train for this specific guy. So, yeah. you know, I told them and um, I told, like, my parents and my girlfriend. So that was pretty much about it. Yeah. And then... But nobody so then, nobody said anything else.
0: And then you had the last fight to win it all with this one dude, I guess. And you won. Yep. All right. What was... um Like, did you feel pressure? Because it's also... Like, does it matter how charismatic you are? You know what I mean? Like, do you you feel like I got to, like, have some kind of character or something unique about me? Or were you just like, I just need to kick the shit out of everybody and then it doesn't matter?
1: Yeah, I just went in there and I just wanted to win no matter what. You know, I, you can't, you see a lot of guys and they try and force a persona on themselves and it either works really, really well or it's terrible. Yeah, some guys <laughs> either
0: really do it or some guys it's like dude, you look like you're, you're like a
1: really bad WWE wrestler. You just look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like it's terrible. Like some guys try and talk shit and like you either have it or you don't. Like yeah. me personally, I'm a very I like in in an argument, I think very slow. Like <laughs> I can't have quick comebacks. I'm not witty. Like my brother is super witty. Like he can, I can, we could be like going back and forth and he like think of things on the fly. I'll think of something like an hour later be like, crap, I should have said that. Like you should have him stand next to you to talk shit to the guy. Yeah. You're about to fight. Like if I got into an, if I got into an argument, say with like McGregor, I would get destroyed. Like and I, I think can't think fast people, enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, but he, he could do it. Like yeah. he just has it, Yeah. you know? And some people ha- either have it or they don't, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I, did, I wasn't trying to like make things up or do anything. I was just myself. Yeah. How I always am, So.
0: And how much were you interacting with Dana White during this time? Like, did you get to? Was he, he like around? I'm no, sure, he wasn't. He, was he, was, he wasn't really. Oh, around. really? He wasn't. No.
1: So, um, he would. Only, he only came for like any of the times you saw him in, uh, like on the show. He was. Like, was he would just show up, film, gone. And dip. Yeah. I mean, he's a busy dude. Yeah, he's so. Got shit going on, yeah. But uh, and he would show up for the fights. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't there for like most of them. Right. Really? Like, He would come sometimes and there was like if we did a fight and there was like a big fight card that weekend because we did fights on it was Tuesdays and Fridays we would do fights. So like on Tuesday we would we would do a fight and then after that fight they would announce who fought Friday. So like I wouldn't know I would only have like two days notice before. That's
0: crazy. You can't prepare for the person then. The
1: entire time on the show it's like you're in fight camp. It's like fight week. You had to treat it like fight week. So you had to train hard because you got to stay like stay in shape. But at the same time, you don't want to train too hard where you like get hurt. And then they're like, yep, you're Friday, Friday. And yeah. it's like Wednesday, you know, yeah. so it it was hard. Who's but your coach? I was on Team Stepe. How was he? I was like, does he actually coach, though? Um, so he brought his whole coaching staff with him. So it was kind of just like a joint effort, you know. I mean, he yeah. coached and he held pads for me a bunch of times and he was a lot of help, you know. The all the whole coaching staff that he had brought was great help, you know. Just main help was like with the mental aspect because like, like you said, we're locked away with a bunch of dudes for six weeks. Testosterone, testosterone is just blaring. Everybody's looking at each other like, they want to fight each other because we're going to, you yeah. know, so it was it was good. But they were a great team. I I wouldn't have it any other way. Did they like feed you well in the house, though? Like, what was that? Like, that like was the, for yourself. That was the best part. <laughs> you like a king. So we had a request list and we could request anything <laughs> and they would get it for us. Did you, your, weight didn't matter
0: like that well, much then? Uh, obviously like, like I couldn't like cut, say right? like, give
1: me like this much McDonald's like, yeah. you know, but, um, but we could order anything. We could request anything. Like obviously like the entire time I was fighting, I just, I would order like chicken and yeah, turkey or I was, I was healthy and stuff and I would cook for myself. But, uh, like you could order anything you want. Like some of the guys I end up losing and they didn't, they weren't fighting like, they would order like candy and like whatever. Oh, wait, so if you lose, you I don't I haven't really watched it in a while. Like if you lose, you get you stay
0: in the house. You stay in the house.
1: What do you do? Just talk shit to everyone? So <laughs> like, like what, what's the point? Some of the guys would like as the show went on, as guys would start getting eliminated, like a bunch of them would just be up till like two in the morning, just drinking, getting hammered, and like
0: I guess that makes sense because it's kind of like just distractions. Yes. For I the mean it, it. it
1: makes sense, but like it doesn't at the same time because like you see like people could get hurt. And then you got to fill in. So yeah. you should stay in shape because you could get a second chance. So some of these guys blew their second chances and then like they would get upset when like they didn't get picked to fill in for a guy who got hurt. Right. But dude, like you're already 20 pounds over the weight limit. You're drinking every night. Like yeah. you're not, the coaches are the ones who make the choice and they see you're not ready. They're not going to put you in. Right. So
0: for your own good because you'll just get the shit beat out of you. So it's yeah, like, exactly. But you, so when you won, The so, do you get immediate contract as soon as you won the show? Then,
1: so once I won the finale, I got a contract and it's like a set contract, ultimate fighter finale. It was like a multi fight deal. So,
0: and so, like, what in terms of like the deals you got, you said you're offered like a multi year deal from Bellator and stuff like that. are Are they enough like to have that be your only income? Really? Or does it depend? Like at what point do you at yes what point and no. do you know like okay, like I'm big enough where my demand is high enough that this could be my only source of income Of them, not your I only mean, source you have endorsements, but like
1: I mean right now, I mean I would say no. You know, I like after like taxes come out and you know whatever, every you pay your coaches and everything's all said and done, like you have to fight multiple times in that year like two, three, four times to actually make it ha- be sustainable, you yeah. know? I mean, I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I just will continue to teach and like this is my main source of income and then that's just like a bonus, you know? so right. That's the other thing with the fight
0: camps because you have to pay everybody. So what I always think about is – like, do you, so then how do you make the decision of what to sacrifice? Like what's worth the money and what's like, okay, I don't, I might not need this for camp, but it would really help me if I did. Like, do you have to make those decisions then, especially like early on? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. But that's where like sponsors come into play. You know, you got to try and even if it's like smaller sponsors, like have people kind of sponsor your camp and help pay for your camp and give you product and or services and you promote them you know and it's kind of like an even trade-off and you use that to kind of fill your fight camp you know like for instance I got a guy who does the strength and conditioning and physical therapy and like nutrition and they all sponsor me I promote them I, I, I market for them they give me services so technically doesn't really come out of pocket you know and And that's why it's like good where I train, like my gym, we do everything under one roof and we'll go as a team and we'll cross train with other gyms to get different looks and get different sparring partners and things like that. But, uh, I don't have to pay multiple gyms, you know, I stay in one place, which some guys have,
0: some, some guys have to though, like the way they
1: set it up. Yeah, it depends on where you're at and yeah. who's around and what you have available. You know, some guys have to go to two, three different places to to train in order to get jujitsu here and kickboxing here and boxing here, right. wrestling here. Right, they're pulling, here. like, a million
0: coaches from, like, different...
1: Yeah, you know, so, yeah. I mean, it's very... not. There's very few teams out there, like, it's mainly just, like, the bigger teams that have everything under one roof. Like, they got a jujitsu coach, a wrestling coach, a Muay Thai coach, you know, so it's it's hard to find that, you know, all over. It's, you only get the, the main ones, the big ones that have that.
0: Right. And then how much does weight cutting suck?
1: Uh, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. But if you do it right, you're not struggling as much, you know. But it's definitely, I mean, I'd rather not cut weight at all. When I fight at 155, it's a breeze. I barely cut any weight. But When I fight at 45, to really like it's like down to a science, so it's definitely a lot harder.
0: So, then what do you think in terms of like what's more advantageous? Is it better to feel good, but probably fight a bigger dude at the higher weight class, like at lightweight, or is it better to you might go into it not feeling as great, but you got
1: you're it, fighting a smaller dude? It really depends. Like, I theory, I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I've done well at 55. I'm undefeated at 55 and I've done really well at 45. So, I mean, nothing's, I don't have a reason to go to one or the other. Right. You know, um, I think as I get older, it starts to get harder to cut weight. So I can, I'm good at 45 right now. I can make it and not like die making it. Yeah. So if it gets ever gets to a point where I'm like dying to get to 45 then I'll just go to 55 yeah you know I mean whatever opportunities come up you know they offer me a really good fight at 55 I'll fight at 55 you know it doesn't it doesn't matter to me you know we're all fighters we'll fight anybody anybody anywhere that's attitude attitude you have to have you have to have it but at a certain point you know a lot you see a lot of these guys you know they all fight everybody and then some they'll try and like if they Turn down a fight. People always say like, oh, he's afraid to fight. No, they're not afraid to fight. It's just the price isn't right. Yeah. You know, why are you going to fight somebody and not get compensated for it? You're both going to get hurt. <laughs> Win or lose.
0: Unless you're Masvidal and you knock After the fight, a, yeah, out in
1: four seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can't bank on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't bank on being in and out in less than 10 seconds. So you gotta, you got to be convinced that it's going to be a war and it's going to go the distance. Right. You want to try and finish it, but you got to prepare for a war.
0: What feels better, knocking somebody out or choking somebody out?
1: I like knocking somebody out. Yeah, definitely. Like, do you feel bad though? No, you just like screw this guy. I don't care. No, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> like, they they're getting in there and putting themselves on the line, and yeah, they're trying to do it to me. So it's better I do it to him first.
0: <laughs> do you shake dudes' hands after, like, fighting? yeah, like, I couldn't do that. Super like, some dude punched me in the face, big yo, get out of my, get, get out of here. I guess it's probably different because you respect I mean, people. Because it's you go one through thing it.
1: if it happens on the street, <laughs> then in the cage, like this, in in martial arts, about respect. You know, yeah. you both you respect each other before you fight, and then you respect each other after. You know, it's it's an art. You know, it's not a street fight. In a street fight, yeah, I'm not gonna respect anybody on the street. You hit me okay. in the face, I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> You, like think, you, you think you think you could
0: take the four of us? If the four of us attacked you right now, you think you could beat up all four of us? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I think so too, for sure. I believe so. The, only, the Our only hope is Nace, and he has four months of experience, so I don't know it, how
1: much he can Usually do this is what happens, because like, <laughs> I haven't been in a street fight in a long time, because I usually just avoid it as much as possible, and like I don't, I'm not, I don't go out that much anyway. And like when you're around people that drinking a lot, like they, they get they're their, looking for a fight, they get the beer muscles, and so
0: especially especially the Jersey dudes, We're yeah. All Jersey and then dudes. like We're they see the, the cauliflower fight, ear,
1: and they want to be like, they want to like test you. I think you that's know? a,
0: I think I see the cauliflower, ear, I'm like, yo, I'm out. I
1: want to fight the dude I think I could kick his ass. Uh, cauliflower is like this guy's gonna kill me. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Or like a lot of times you go out and you have friends and they feel more comfortable because you're around think, oh, I got this guy he'll, you know <laughs> yeah, <take> so <laughs> then you're like bailing friends out but yeah. Um, but yeah I mean odds are like if you get into a fight and you see some dude like wrecking like somebody it's like a big mosh like most of the time most of the people just like flock they're like screw that I ain't getting rocked and yeah. they're out so like if it's a group it usually you, you hit somebody hard enough and <laughs> they're like, yo, they're like yo I ain't getting hit like that <laughs> <laughs> gone you know <laughs> Do you wear your cauliflower not, ear as
0: a badge of honor?
1: It is a badge of honor. Yeah? You know? It's, what if someone got rid of the cauliflower ear? Would you lose respect for them? Is it if like you got to keep it? Got rid of it? Yeah. No, nah, I wouldn't lose respect for You don't care? No. Nah. I yeah. mean, I've thought about it, like, when yeah. I'm done fighting. But, like, it doesn't make any sense because I'm never going to stop training. So, it'll always come back. Right. Some people are just more prone to it than others. Yeah. You know, some people, like, I, I got cauliflower ear, like, six months into training. Yeah. That like I just super prone to it, so
0: yeah. At that point, like if I'm, if I'm gonna get it in six months, like if I get rid of it, I'll, it'll come right back. So if you so want to, if
1: you want to stay pretty, wear ear guards. <laughs> <laughs> you got it already. They, well, then you Damn. get some of the guys that like will go home in their mirror and just start <laughs> punching their ear. I was like, asking about beating yourself up, so people do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like uh, what's that movie with uh, Jim Carrey? He's like, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? <laughs> but uh (laughs) yeah no i mean i didn't want it just came it comes with the territory exactly so
0: when what's your pre-fight routine how do you mentally prepare yourself from like backstage or like in like the room or whatever you're in until like you walk out
1: Dom, i'm like weird i don't listen to any music beforehand I mean, I chill like some guys like to train, like one of my buddies, Shane Burgos, he like does like a full training session, like the day of the fight. That's crazy. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like doing that. I like to chill, relax. You know, I, I'll go hang out. You know, I usually have a lot of family that come out, so I'll go and see them and like maybe get breakfast or lunch with them before I, I have to go and do my whole thing. But, uh, I mean, I usually, I'll usually eat like a Kit Kat bar before I fight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No other candy, only Kit Kat bars? Yeah, only Kit Kat. Is that the top candy,
1: you think? I mean, that's one of my favorites, that and peanut M&Ms. I can slam peanut, M&M peanut M&Ms. I
0: got really I got really offended the other day cuz I saw some list of like the worst Halloween candy ever and they said candy corn was the worst. I love candy
1: corn. Candy corn's really good. I got a bowl it's of great. it in my apartment. Yeah, I was like, "What
0: do you Do you guys like
1: candy corn?" Dude, it's the best. Yeah, they were so like, "Yo, was good. a
0: war, like, candy corn was voted and it was like a lot, it was like a big group of people and stuff. It was the worst ever. Yeah, I was very, I was no, very No, I think like that the was worst, the first time I was the I ever offended. The worst <laughs> candy
1: ever has to be like a hot tamale or something like weird like that. Like, those? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 That's gross. Yeah, it's it weird. sounds and gross. And like, I
1: hate licorice. So like,
0: Yeah, licorice is okay, but if I eat more than one, I feel sick.
1: Yeah, like Twizzlers, disgusting. I (laughs) I hate, like, and those are always, like, given out at parties and stuff, and, like, I hate, (laughs) disgusting. I would say probably Twix is my favorite. I like Kit Kats. Kit Kats are are, up there. Twix. Twix are really good. Milky Way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those, you know. I just, I love Kit Kats, man. I like the wafers and and the chocolate combined. Oh, it's good.
0: Yeah. And then at what point? do you feel like you're locked into the fight? Like, is it when you're walking out? Was it when the doors close? Like when does the actual, like the nerves really kick in? Is it right before
1: the fight? When I'm warming up.
0: Yeah. You'll start feeling it then. Yeah.
1: I'll start feeling it. And then once I start walking out and I get to like, right at like the entrance of where I walk out into the arena, that's when it's just like fires up. But then like, I'll hear my walkout song. I walk out, place goes crazy. Once I get, In there, it's gone. Like I can't explain it. It's gone. Like I'm like, all right, I've been doing this. You're in a flow state.
0: so you're just too locked in. Doesn't even matter. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm just in the zone. It's crazy. Like as soon as I get in there too, like I don't hear anything. It's just like, it's like almost like muffled noise. But it's like a massive arena. It's like loud. Like yeah, (laughs) when you're sitting in the crowd and you hear it and you're like, how the hell like does he hear his coaches? Like I hear my coaches. Don't you do you hear it. your coaches? Yeah, I don't hear anyone else. That's something that like you got to like learn how to, how to do. Yeah. You got to learn how to listen. Yeah,
0: This is dumb, non-fighter brain asking this question. <laughs> when your coach is giving you directions, doesn't your fighter hear it? I don't understand. Yes. They're like, yo, do this. It's like he hears you saying, do that, And they tell you specifically what to do. Yeah. Yes That's
1: yes, like- and no. But then you get some guys like Frankie Edgar's coach, for instance, will like have code words. That's what for I would do. I'd be so paranoid. So like he'll be like, he'll, be like he'll shout out like apples, bananas, oranges, <laughs> and that means to throw like your cross hook and round kick. You know what I'm saying? So like they have they have like a whole thing and they change it every fight camp. That's what that's exactly what I would do. So like I'd be so it's almost like doing that. signs in baseball and yeah. and like in in that sense like they they do all sorts of stuff but just like pulling the earlobe means steal second. You know like yeah. so. I mean, so I know some people do that. Some people don't. I mean, to be honest, all the years I've been doing it and, like, they call out a combination. Let's say they call out, like, a jab cross hook. Like, if they go, one, two, three, and I threw my one, two, three, like, they didn't block every punch. So, like, it doesn't really matter. They don't know when I'm going to throw the one, two, three. You know, they call out one, two, three. All right, I got to throw my one, two, three. Maybe let's throw something else first. Boom, boom, boom. Then I throw, you know. So... I mean, yeah, they, they can hear you. And like, sometimes I've been like in a grappling strange on the ground and I hear their coaches being like, all right, get, get your underhook. I block the underhook. Like, yeah. and I hear Yeah, and that's like, why, yeah. Because all I'm doing <laughs> is trying to hold and, and strike. Right. Like, I'm not trying to grapple. Like, I'm trying to hit and cause damage. So like, I'll hear them like, shrimp to your hip. I'll block that side. Like, kind of like use it to my advantage. but. Right. So
0: would you say you feel more comfortable standing up or on the ground?
1: I'd rather stand up. Yeah. I mean, I'm comfortable on the ground, you know. Um, last well, couple of fights I fought hurt, but I, I'm i comfortable everywhere. I have a lot of submission wins. I, I'm i very crafty on the ground, but I'd rather just stand up and fight. Yeah. I just I just like doing that better.
0: What do you think, like, what do you even say your background is? Because most people say they're like, oh, like, he has, like, a jujitsu background. Like, do you even really have one then? Because you said doing, like, everything. you are doing everything, right? MMA background. Yeah, so you don't even, like, say that? I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, because I feel like knowing somebody, oh, he has this background, it kind of like gets in your head like what they do, like you kind of like, That's but that could work it, to your advantage as the fighter, be like, oh, he expects me to do this just because I have a wrestling background, so I'm going to come yeah. with that instead, you know?
1: I mean, yeah, but like nowadays, like back in the day, yeah, everybody was kind of one sided, like it was like when UFC first started, it was a, a kickboxer versus a jujitsu guy or yeah. a boxer versus a wrestler. You know, and these guys only had that one style. Now, everybody does everything. Everybody's well-rounded. You're seeing all these newer generation of fighters coming out, and they're all nasty. We're all really good. We can do everything. And you're starting to see, like, the older generations, they're still there. They've established themselves in the top. But it'll start to phase out, and you'll start to see pretty much everybody be well-rounded. I mean, I think the most important things to be able to do is – to have a really good striking game and be able to stop takedowns.
0: We've had me and Josh have had arguments over what we think the best background to have. We always say wrestling. That's I, kind of what I yeah, do. I I think so. Just because, like, yeah, because like it, because of the takedown aspect. Because if you're able to stop takedowns or like initiate a takedown, I feel like that's because if you're not as comfortable on the ground, but you can stop takedowns, but, it's kind of like what yeah, you said. Yeah, I
1: mean, it all, it's all it all depends how you look at it. I mean, I really think that. Because wrestlers think that that's what they need to be dominant in. They don't worry about their striking so much. Right. And they'll like half strike but mainly wrestle and do what they know. And it's all about putting yourself in the uncomfort zone you know, where you are not good. And it's very difficult to do that. And a lot of people will do something. They'll really like it. They'll stay with it. That's what they're comfortable with. And they're good. And they'll just try and get even better at that. There's nothing wrong with that, but the people that excel and the people that go far are the ones that do things that they know are not, they're not good at, and that's where I think everybody should be. If you want to be successful and, and go far in the sport, you got to be able to do everything, everything at a high level, not just strike at an amateur level and have a really good wrestling game. You got to be able to strike like like, uh, like a pro kickboxer,
0: like Ben Askren. <laughs> he
1: yeah. doesn't really have much of a striking
0: game at all. And no, that didn't and go he well got exposed. Him. Yeah,
1: he got exposed. If you can stop the takedown, you're gonna destroy him. Yeah. Now he is he's one of those exceptions. Like he's got a really weird wrestling game. Like he's an un- unorthodox wrestler. Like any wrestler will tell you, like he's a weird wrestler. His style is not the norm, and it works for him. So why is he gonna stop doing? what he's doing if it's working. That's I mean, like Khabib too. He was like 21-0 like and yeah. 0 before he, he yeah. lost to all. I mean... He probably also you know. looks at
0: that as a fluke too, so he's probably like, <clears throat> I'm just going to keep doing the same
1: shit. No, I don't think that was a fluke. It was a long time coming.
0: But I'm saying, I think yeah. he, in his head, I think he probably views that as a fluke.
1: Well, I, I guarantee you that Askren is going to start striking more. You think? I mean, I, I, w- I so. would hope
0: so, because I kind of agree with you. I feel like you can only get by so long with someone's like, all right, I'm just
1: going to... Someone just- with his level of a wrestling... Background, if he just like even had like a decent striking game, yeah, would go even farther, right? Because he's just so like nobody's gonna try and take him down. I mean, he's fighting Damian Maya coming up. So he's another ground guy. That'll yeah. be interesting. But I think Maya has way better striking than him, so I think that fight might end up being a stand up fight, and I think Maya is gonna strike him and and knock him out.
0: Honestly, that's could probably that could likely be his strategy going and.
1: Into it. He's coming right off a knockout and I'm sorry but if you don't give yourself enough time you get a glass jaw. You get a glass jaw. It's weaker. You need that jaw to heal. You need it you lose some some toughness, the the ability to take a hit if you've been knocked out. If you don't heal fast enough like a lot of times guys will get knocked out and be like, "Screw that, I want to get back in there." And they go too soon. Like, look at Cody Garbrandt. Dude's got knocked yeah, out like yeah. three, he's, four times in a row. He keeps
0: getting knocked out. Yeah, he does. It's sad. But when he goes in, like, like he his, just comes in too crazy in every fight. He's like, he gets very emotional. <laughs> yeah. He like, gets very emotional, <laughs> and
1: and he's very good. But he 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 brings emotion into the fight, and you can't take anything personal. He lets everybody get under his skin, yeah. and get personal. Like yeah. I honestly, when someone talks shit to me, I start, I just like laugh. I just think it's funny. So you don't ever want to talk. Do you ever talk shit to people? No, I, I don't do you, need to.
0: Do you think that might hurt like that hurts your ability to move up in like the UFC? Because they. Yes and no. They, they could spin whatever they want. But at the end of the day, they want. They like the showman. Yeah, yeah the of course. Showman, so.
1: But I mean, look at Donald Cerrone. Dude doesn't talk any smack. Yeah. And he's where he is he lets his fists and hands do the talking. And that's or fists and hands. Fists and, <laughs> yeah. fists and, and legs yeah, whatever. do the talking, his you legs. know? So, but uh, I mean, it all depends. You know, I mean, the only one to really like talk their way up McGregor. well was McGregor. Yeah. you know, And Colby. Colby, yes. Colby a little bit. But he's, he's kind of gone on like another route. Like everybody loved McGregor. And there's always going to be haters, but everybody loves McGregor. Everybody hates Colby. He's
0: like the first true heel, like WWE esque heel in the UFC.
1: It seems. Oh my God! Like he is hated. Yeah. But he feeds off of it. Yeah. Feeds off of it, and it's what he wants. Like you can hate him all you want, but these people hate him so much that they pay for the pay per views to watch him. Yeah, I want to see this guy get shipped out of him. It doesn't matter. Like he he's winning. he's winning in that aspect right you know so i mean yeah he's doing a good job of like it's like the exact like backwards way to do it but it's working for him yeah i wonder if more people will try that because
0: i feel like now if someone tries it's going to come off like corny like you're just trying to copy him
1: like i said you have to either have it or you don't yeah you know like a lot of his stuff are super corny like you know who's super super corny and it's like embracing the cringe is uh cejudo like yeah, he's doing he all is, this.
0: Dude, he is cringe. Yes, And yeah. he never was like that until he won the champion, won the belt, I feel like. And then he got cringe for I'm like, dude, you already made, you well, already he, the belt. He,
1: he wasn't like that until he won against Dillashaw. Yeah. When he won the, when he became, fight. when he became champ champ. Yeah. yeah, I was there too. Yeah, And uh, yeah, and then he's like talking about like he loves trans, a w- transgender <laughs> championship and he wants to like fight Valentina Shevchenko, which hold up. I wouldn't fight that girl. Yeah, she's a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, she's crazy. But like that doesn't make any sense because guys are just naturally stronger than yeah, women. It's just, like, it, like it's just unfair advantage. Yeah. You know, that's why it's separate. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's but, a reason it's separate. Yeah. I mean, actually, I just saw this article online. It was like this girl, this track this track star, she was trying out for like the Olympics and a transgender a woman, but it was a male that became a woman, beat her out for the spot. Yeah, but that's like biologically, that person was a man. So they got more muscle, more right. speed.
0: Sports it's, it's tough. Sports, it's like you can't yeah. turn into like a political so conversation. Now, you're just biologically. Yeah, different. but yeah. now
1: it's coming to like it's gotten to that. Like, all right. Now, like, do you have you at that point? You got to just make a transgender league.
0: Yeah. You know what
1: I'm saying? I like, think that's
0: what Rogan says. I think Rogan says, like, there should just be a transgender league. A transgender lead because yeah.
1: at the, at a certain point in time, like, let's just fast forward 50 years, like, the way you can change your body is going to be so, like, dr- drastic that you won't even know that they were a girl or they were a boy. That's probably true. You know? That's true, yeah. Which is scary. Yeah. It is scary. Yeah. That, is, that is true. <laughs> so get a loved one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to switch gears. So, <laughs> so you've had three fights in the UFC, right? Yeah, three. three. Um, And you, your most recent one was earlier this year. You were 9-0, and and you had your first professional loss, right? Yep. So how was that since that was the first time you experienced
1: it? like First time losing as a pro. I lost as an amateur. Um, did you ever was- have like
0: the concern of, oh, like did it? Did you start to worry about losing? Because I know some people who say they're undefeated for uh, so long that that first loss is almost relieving. They don't have that pressure to stay undefeated.
1: No, I, I, I never, I never thought about it. It just kind of happened. I just ended up being nine to zero. No. Yeah. Um, a loss is eventually going to come, you right. know. Especially at the UFC level, everybody's good, you know. So it's just going to happen. And in MMA, anything's possible. You know, all it takes is one hit you know, one slip up and you get caught, you know, that's kind of what happened, I, I made a mistake, he capitalized, hats off to him, you know, he did a good job of, of his game, tried to take me down and he got me in a choke, nothing I could do, you know, yeah. so, but uh, I think a lot of it is more on the mental aspect, you know, and there's a lot of stuff I, I wanted to work on after that fight, so, I mean, I had surgery and everything, so I've been kind of on the sidelines, so... Now that I'm finally getting back into training, I wanna, I have a lot of stuff I want to do, and it's been a while since I've been able to actually train and and try new stuff because I've just gone from like fight camp to fight camp to fight camp to fight camp. I've just been super active, you know. I fought like six times in the last like year and a half, which is crazy. So a you know, like
0: year and a half, six—that's a lot. That yeah, is a since lot. The, like three is a lot. So if you're fitting, in, that means you've probably been four in a year. Yeah, so that's I'd crazy. say
1: to the from the end of 2017. Till the beginning of this year, so two years I fought like six, seven times. That's crazy. But if you're on a
0: roll, if you're feeling good and you're hungry and you're early in your UFC career, that's the attitude you need to have.
1: Yeah. No, I I wanted to do that. I wanted to get experience. You know, I wanted to. And you're not like
0: picking fights at that time. Yeah. You're just you got to you know climb the ladder. Yeah. I
1: mean, in my mind, I'm not getting younger. I wanted to go after it and. Right. Go as far as possible, as quick as possible. Now that I'm I'm in the UFC, I'm three fights in, you know, I just had surgery. Now it's a good time for me to like chill for a second, you know, build off of what I've done, the experiences I've had and kind of get better and then go after it again. So so where's your headspace at now coming off that loss You on your
0: next fight? Oh, I, like-
1: I actually, even though I haven't really been training that much, I feel better than I have in a long time. Why is that? So I'm healthier. You know, everybody always deals with injuries, and i i will never blame injuries on losses. Like I lost that, plain and simple. You know, but this is the healthiest I've—I've I've been, and mentally, that has a huge impact. You know, and there's—I can do a lot more now, and now that I can do a lot more, and I'm not, in a sense, limited to what I can do. You know, I—I'm—I'm I'm gonna make a statement. My next fight,
0: and but you don't know. You have any idea who you're? No, I have now, nothing, and, right? nothing yeah. yet,
1: and I'm not even cleared to ha- be full training yet. So,
0: okay. um, does it? Do you care who you fight? Like, how much is it? Oh, I should fight this person, and like, how much you factor in the rankings? Like, does it even matter yet at this point?
1: Yeah, it matters. You know, I want to fight someone that's relevant. You right. know, I don't want to fight somebody that isn't going to get me anywhere like I don't want to go backwards yeah. I want to go forwards you know and uh yeah I mean is that a concern coming off a loss though that no it's not a concern you know uh I don't think I lost too much stock with that loss you know I lost the dude that I lost to is good you know so it was a good fight you know I had I had stunned him with a couple punches so I mean it could have gone either way um, but I still think I'm in a really good position. I'm still a big target because I won the ultimate fighter. People, people want to fight me. So I'm, I'm excited to get back in the mix for sure.
0: So what's the, what's like the game plan trying to climb up the rankings? Cause like Bellator, I believe they do it where if you want to move up, you got to fight the next guy up in the
1: rankings, right? Or at least they used to do it that way. So I heard that they're doing they're they might be like revamping. The ranking system, and the UFC or Bellator, the UFC. So, because right now it's kind of like all over the place. Like, it's it
0: makes no sense. There's literally no logic yeah. to it at all. They're they're just like picking and choosing. like Ah, like that guy. Like, yeah,
1: it's, that's it. It's <laughs> like most followers gets the top right. spot. Right. So, well, that's
0: what I was asking about. Like, but, uh, the, you play up the act. Like, oh, yeah. this guy's a good showman. He did pretty good His last fight. Let's just put him there. But he's ranked yeah, like six. but
1: like, the thing is, like, if you look at boxing, like, number five can't fight number one. They got to fight four three, two, for the most part, barring like injuries and right. things like that. In the UFC, like you'll get a guy who's number two fighting like 13. Like what about the other guys in between? Like why can't five fight two? Why can't three fight two, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, like obviously there's a lot of things that go into matchmaking, you know, but and like some guys might be hurt. One guy might already have a fight lined up so he can't fight that guy. You know, this and that. There's There's a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, for the most part, it's not super structured. And I, from what I've heard, come January, there's going to be a new system in place. I don't know the details. I kind of just saw and heard of it online and stuff like that and through social media. So, I mean, who knows how accurate it really is, you right. know. But uh, I think that's a good thing that's going to be happening because they need to have more structure and have it make sense and people have be able to explain it to people better so they understand it especially the people that are not in the fight game and the fans. They don't understand the rankings. They don't understand majority of the stuff. They just scream and yell, hit them in the face. It's also semi, like, mean I don't want to say meaningless, but
0: if a guy who's number six could fight the number one contender or something, or if you start, like, making up interim belts, it's like almost, you're almost saying that it doesn't matter where we put you.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, you get guys who are, like, ranked number five fighting for the title. Like, right why that 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 means you don't why do i need to get to number three why do i need to get to number two why do i need to be number one contender when i could just be five chill fight some guys behind me and then eventually get a title shot
0: it's also making it harder for them because it almost gives the fighter the reason to be like oh i should fight that guy when yeah you know like it's you can get like an inflated ego like oh i could fight the number two guy like you let him do it he's ranked lower than me or something like that exactly if it's structured
1: where like four has to fight five or four has to fight three depending on who's available. Yeah. And the times and what's going on. If three's not fighting two, then four has to fight five. You know what I'm right. saying? Whatever. I I think it'll, it'll cause less like drama outside and people, kinda people. kind of the drama. Well, yeah. People love the drama and that is a big draw. But yeah. like, I think it, it gives everybody a better idea of like who they want to fight next instead of just being like, yeah, I'm number 13. I want to fight number two. Yeah. Like, mean, no, you got to wait your turn, buddy. Right. You got to fight 12, 11, 10. Not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I like it. I like that idea, you know, cuz yeah, if I make like let's say I get to top 15, I'm 15. I want to fight 14, 13, 12, 11. I want to fight everybody. Yeah. So when I get Take the division out. Yeah. And when I get to the top and fight for the title and win, I've cleaned the division out. Like Max Holloway That dude has fought everybody. Yeah, he has. There's there's barely anybody in the 45-pound division that he hasn't fought. Volkanovski, they're already set to fight. Yeah. He'll fight everybody. He's cleaned out division. He's not saying, oh, I want to be champ, champ. I want to be champ, champ, champ. You know, nah, stay in your division. Fight. You lose. All right, go change division. You beat everybody in that division. Why do you got to keep fighting the same people over again? You won that title. Someone else dethroned you. Okay, let's try and... Clear out 55 now, you know, and start doing it that way. I think that's the right way to do it. You know, I think he's one of the greatest. then that's how you can be considered one of the best champions of all time is by doing it that way. Not guys that like McGregor, for instance, 145, one then went right to win 155. Yeah, he never defended. He's it never ever. defended. Yeah. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time, but I don't consider him one of the greatest champions. Of all time. Yeah, it
0: actually annoys me because I'm a big McGregor guy. Actually, the background on my computer
1: is him. But oh, I'm a big fan of him too.
0: Yeah, like, it's frustrating as someone that likes him because, like, he prides himself on like taking anybody on. And I remember he, he used to get chirped because they're like, "Oh, he they gave him like layup fights because they were trying to move him up the division." He beat very very legit fighters yeah. his whole way up. No, he so did. it's just yeah, and he never really defended it. He just tried to move and go for the money fights, which I guess if you're in that position. It's easy to say from the outside looking in, but
1: I think the reason people say like they gave him like easy fights is because he made it look easy. It's not that he got easy fights; he just finished all these dudes in within a round or two.
0: Right, he beat Poirier
1: and Holloway, yeah. two of the best fighters out yeah. right now. And and obviously they're not the same fighter now that well, right. they were then, but career, neither is McGregor. But it's the way he did it. If he had fought those same people and it went the distance, all those fights. I don't think those people would be saying, oh, he got fed fights. Right. You know? Yeah, that's, that's so. true.
0: I never thought about it that way.
1: What, would, what advice would you give Josh as somebody new
0: to martial arts? You keep. have somebody says, I want to – say Josh wanted to be a fighter. He's like, I want to get into the – I want to get to the UFC or Bellator. I'm trying to be a fighter, and they're like four months in.
1: When you go to the gym, you try and go with the guys that are going to kick your ass. Go with the better guys and keep getting beat up and get beat up and get beat up and get beat up and keep doing it and keep doing it because eventually you'll start to keep going with them and then you'll be able to hang now you'll be able to not get choked out 50 times now you're only getting choked out 20 times now you're getting choked out 10 times now five now it's one time a day now you you don't choke you out at all you know and it builds and that's how you get good and then You know, yeah, you can get good going with people with less experience, you know, going with people with less experience gives you an opportunity to try new things that you wouldn't be able to do against somebody with a lot of experience, you know, so they both work. But as a beginner, since you're pretty much new and you, you're are, you are the lowest on the tier, you find, you find the the purple belts, the brown belts, you know, the black belts, go with them. That's how you learn. That's how I learn. I, every time I would train, I would go with the best guys in the room. I would try. I would I would make it a point. Like as soon as we, like we switched partners, I would like run to the to a guy and I'd be like, I'm gonna this is gonna hurt this round, but I'm gonna get way better than if I go with this guy who's like the same as me. You know? That's my advice. So you have to be crazy. Be like want to get the shit beat out of you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Be relentless. <laughs> Gotta be relentless, man. <laughs> um All right, I guess last questions. Why do you fight and what drives you to keep doing it?
1: I fight because I want to see how far I can push myself. I want to be at the top. And then when I get to the top, I want to keep going past that. So it's not so much of I'm better than you. I want to see that I'm better than myself. I want to beat the guy I am tomorrow and then I want to beat the guy I am a month from now, 2 months from now, a year from now, 2 years from now, 10 years from now. I want to be better version of that person every time. That that's what drives me. It's just personal growth, you know. I don't think about like when I go and compete with somebody, you know, I don't That's why I like when someone tries to talk shit to me, I just like laugh like it doesn't matter to me like you can call me all these names you want It doesn't matter we're gonna get in the cage and I'm gonna test myself and I'm gonna try my hardest to beat you and if I don't all right what do I got to do to improve on myself like I that's how I think about it I want to get better like, I just want to be the best I could possibly be that's all I care about all
0: right and getting the title we're gonna, yeah we're gonna get the title
1: Hell yeah, we're getting. Well, we're, title. we're
0: all we're all the, we're all lone wolves in here. So wait, when belt, you get the
1: title, we get the title. Bringing the belt to Jersey. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm doing. Um, all right, I guess last thing. I said, what sh- what music should we be listening to? What do you listen? What you said you don't listen to music. Uh, w- before a fight, but when you're training, if music's playing, what are you gonna play? All
1: right, so it depends on the situation. If you're training, I like to listen to metal, like stuff that like rip people's heads off. That's what Josh was saying too today. Yeah, see, you, right. you're you're, cra- you're crazy, Hard, dude. Hardcore <laughs> stuff, just get into it. When I'm chilling, drinking a beer by the fire, I like to listen to country, classic rock, that kind of stuff. So that's that's my genre. Who's who's your top? Classic rock. Well, I walk out yours? to Born in the USA. Bruce Springsteen every time. Yeah, you're a Jersey guy though, you have to. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um,
0: okay, Josh, as the, my, my fighter, my entourage, do, is there <laughs> anything I should have asked? You think? Um, what would you be doing if you weren't
1: fighting?
0: Yeah, I should have asked that. What would you be doing if you weren't fighting?
1: Military. Yeah? A hundred percent. I still have people, <laughs> I, I still have, <laughs> yeah, in one form or the other, right? Uh, yeah, I have I have people ask me all the time, like, "Are you in the military?" Or you should still do it. Like you, you're still young. Do it. If I wasn't in the position I am now, because I want to do the like. If I if I do the military, I have to serve overseas. You know, everything is going to have to stop. Yeah, and I support the military a hundred percent. You know, and I have a lot of family that are currently serving and are veterans. So. Utmost respect, but I think that ship has kind of sailed for me at the point I'm at. Now I'm more I'm more like taking the UFC as far as I can, get that belt, have my own gym, have a family. That's where I'm at now. So five years ago, different story. But that's just where I am at in my life. All right. It's a good way to end it.
0: All right. The Lone Wolf, Mike Trezano, thank you. We are all Team Lone Wolf, and we'll be there celebrating the octagon with you when you get your belt.
1: Hell yeah, man. Thanks a lot.
0: No problem.